friends. Thank you for joining me today. I am chatting with one of my dearest friends in real life. Her name is Lauren. We've been friends for almost 10 years. And I wanted to share a story with her about somebody from Kentucky that she didn't know, but it was going to have some moments where she was like, ah, I love that. So I think I did it. We are going to discuss Rosemary Clooney favorite actress from White Christmas, and I have a lot of good stuff to share. So let's dive in. I'm Sharon McMahon, and welcome to the Sharon Says So podcast. I'm here with one of my dearest friends who I have been bugging to come on this podcast for a very long time. And I finally was like, it's happening. Get ready. I know that the listeners cannot see you, but you do look extra beautiful today. Thank you. I'm so excited. Here is the question that a lot of people will want to know. They'll be mad if I do not ask this question. What is it like to be friends in real life? Ooh, you know, it's not just your followers that want to know that. Everybody <laughs> asks me this. When people find out that we're real friends in real life, it's exactly like when you watch her on the Instagram. Oh, it's very fun. It's very funny. We are very supportive of each other. But it's truly just like what people see on the internet. So I feel like sometimes when I don't talk to you for a couple of days, I have talked to you because I've seen you. So I'm like, oh, we haven't <laughs> talked in two days. That's weird. I feel like we have. This is one of the challenging things about this job is that other people can see me and I can't yeah. see them. But it's just a thing to get used to is that people know far more about you than you do about them because of the one-way nature of the right. relationship I have with the Instagrams. The grams. Lauren and I met 10 years ago yeah, in a book club, I had never met each other before, had no idea yeah. who the other person was. And we immediately hit it off. Immediately. We were best friends the next day. And <laughs> we just have been. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming. And I you. know that you listen to my podcast because I do. what kind of a friend would you be if, if you, you did, did it? it? Yeah. <laughs> You know, after the first week, I, like everybody else, was like, Sharon, this isn't enough. I need more. That was not enough time. <laughs> These are not enough episodes. No, give me more. What have been your favorite episodes so far? I really love the Alaska dog episode. And mm -hmm. I love that woman who went to Colorado. The angel like, of the I, Rockies. Yes. Like mm -hmm. cried. Like my mama heart is like, be a good person, mm. be there for people. Mm. And I love it. Well, thank you for being a, thank you for being a friend. <laughs> well, okay. I texted you earlier today about something we're going to talk about. And I was like, this is unacceptable. Oh no. Me, Are you bringing this up? You told me that you have never watched the movie white Christmas. No, I don't even know what that is. Well, you've never heard of it? No, I don't even know what you're talking about. I mean, what? <laughs> it's like one of the biggest Christmas movies that has ever been. No. Mm -mm. You know the song White Christmas? I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Oh, Just yeah, like, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. Now. So that song, White Christmas, it wasn't written for that movie, but it was written for a different Bing Crosby movie called Holiday Inn. And White Christmas, the song was a huge hit. This is, I cannot believe that you have lived. That we're friends. To be an adult woman. And you have never even heard of this movie. Okay, well, that's going to change. 
<laughs> I'm going to make you come over to my house and watch the movie because it really is one of the best Christmas movies. Okay. What? I'm here for it. What I Christmas mean, movies do you like? I love Hallmark movies. Yeah. So I just like love romantic Hallmark movies. Like Christmas Hallmark movies have my heart and soul. I watch them all year. Okay. Then if you like romantic Hallmark movies, you will like White Christmas because it is that kind of like, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. It's so romantic. And isn't love wonderful? Like it has all of those kind of Hallmark moments. It's not one of those things where like, Ooh, Santa stole Christmas. No, it is a romance and there's singing and dancing and the costumes are out of control. And it had some of the biggest stars at the time, which were Bing Crosby, who I'm sure you know, because he's super mega singer. And it had famous dancers, Danny Kaye and Vera Ellen. And it also had the person we are going to discuss today, who is Rosemary Clooney. Do you know who she is? Have you ever heard of Rosemary Clooney? Yes. You have? I have heard of her. Why have I heard that name? Because she's famous. Well, then that's why. Okay, well, now let's talk about it. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, Things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So Rosemary Clooney, born in the 1920s in Kentucky, and she grew up as a little girl singing at her grandfather's political campaigns. Her grandfather was the mayor of a small town. They discovered when she was young, three, four years old, that she could sing and she would show up and sing at his little campaign rallies. And he ultimately was elected to three terms as mayor of the town of Maysville, Kentucky, where she was born and where she spent a lot of her childhood. And she had siblings. And when she got to be a teenager, her parents kind of dissolved. Her mom got remarried and moved to California. And her dad tried to kind of raise them, tried to provide for the kids. But one day 
he went home, took all of the money that the family had and disappeared and just like walked out the door, leaving Rosemary and her siblings with literally nothing. Her mother had taken her younger brother, but her younger sister and her had zero. And these are teenage children who don't have jobs, who are still in school. And this is in the 1940s. Okay, hold on. Mom says, mm, I'll take Joey, but I'm not. Yes, I'm these I'll older take girls. Danny with me, yeah. but I'm not taking the older girls. And then dad is like, she did it. Me yeah, too. Pretty well known that he was a pretty serious alcoholic. So I'm sure that had something to do with it. But yes, he still made the choice to abandon his adolescent children. Yes. With nothing. He was like, ooh, and also you don't get any money either. Yes. And so Rosemary and her little sister, Betty, were trying to make ends meet. They were collecting glass bottles and like bottle tops, trying to turn them in for money. And they bounced around to different relatives where like, you can stay with this grandma for a week and you can stay with that aunt for a week. And eventually Rosemary was like, I don't want to be separated from my sister. And I don't want to just move to a new place every week. I want to try to make it on our own. And so Rosemary and Betty were both, they loved to sing together and they went down to a radio station and auditioned for a radio singing job. This was in 1945. And they got a job as radio singers. Of course, the radio was such a big deal during that time period. And both she and Betty got paid $20 a week, $160 a month for two girls that they could make that work. And they were very proud of themselves that they were making a living on their own. Rosemary was 17 and her little sister was a younger teenager, and they became more known in their community. They started getting hired to sing at school dances and singing at various functions, and they eventually caught the attention of a band leader. And this was during this era when big band was popular. These big bands would travel around the country and play at all these different clubs and venues and whatever. And so they got hired by a band to travel with them for three years. They literally crisscrossed the country, lived on a bus, ironed clothes on the floor of a hotel, lived out of suitcases. Because they were both minors, they had to have a family relative accompany them as a chaperone until they were both old enough, which never came because her sister ended up after three years being like, I'm not interested in this life anymore. I'm done being a professional singer. I'm done living out of a suitcase. I just want to settle down. I just want to have a family. I don't want to live a life on the road. So Betty kind of dropped out of this sister act because she was not interested in living her life that way anymore. And Rosemary was like, but I know I'm meant to be a singer. I know it. So when she was 21, she decided to move to New York city and started getting singing gigs. She started making money. And then within one year, Frank Sinatra asked her to sing on one of his records. And Frank Sinatra was one of her heroes. Yes. And within such a short time to be asked to sing on his record, it was such a big deal. And Rosemary had a very unique voice. 
you will have to go listen to some recordings. Her, her voice was on the lower end and it was very warm, very rich sounding. She just had this kind of soulful quality to her voice. It was not the kind of high girlish soprano that was very popular at the time. So her voice was kind of remarkable in that she just had a different tone quality to her singing. So she continued to sing over the next five years. Her career sort of advanced incrementally every year. She made a little bit more money to the point where her records were doing well enough where she was guaranteed to make $250,000 a year. That is how well she was doing with the royalties from her recordings, which is, is so much money. It's so much money for the early 1950s as a single woman. It's so much woman. money now. <laughs> I know, right? Most people would be like, heck yeah, I'll take that career. Yes. $250,000 a year. Yes. Oh my gosh. So in 1951, she had signed this record deal and her record label wanted her to record this song that she did not want to record. And she just was like, no, it's a dumb song. I don't want to record it. And it's the song, Come On to My House. It goes, come on to my house, to my house. I'm gonna give you candy. Have you heard this song before? No. Okay. Well, she eventually, her record label was like, you're recording it, period. And she was like, okay, fine. I'm going to do it. And the song was written by the people who created Alvin and the Chipmunks. They later, <laughs> they later created Alvin and the Chipmunks. It was set to the tune of this Armenian folk song. And she was like, I cannot do an Armenian accent. And so the best she could do, she's like, fine. I will sing it in my faux Italian accent. So you can go <laughs> listen to the YouTube recordings now of Come On To My House. She's from Kentucky and she's singing in this faux Italian accent. And the song was so wildly popular. It hit number one. That song catapulted her career into the stratosphere. People loved oh that Oh my song. gosh. And she didn't even want to record she it. She hated it. But she eventually did a couple of other songs that were like Italian themed songs that she <laughs> with was her fake Italian with her accent. fake Italian accent. <laughs> This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. In the words of Dwight Schrute, Identity theft is not a joke, Jim! But seriously, if you've ever had somebody try to steal your credit card number and then try to make a bunch of fraudulent charges, that has happened to me on more than one occasion. If it's happened to you, you know it's a nightmare. Having your personal information on the internet is like giving strangers the key to your front door. Not good. And Delete Me 
can keep that door locked and your information safe. And I recently found a solution that is a service called Delete Me. Delete Me finds and removes any personal information that you don't want online and they make sure that it stays off. It is a subscription service that finds your personal info on the web, searches all the databases, and then helps prevent identity theft by removing that information from all of these databases. So when you sign up, you tell Delete Me exactly what information you want deleted, and then their experts take it from there. They send you a report every month of like, we found your information in the following places and we removed it. More simply, Delete Me does all the hard work of wiping you and your family's personal info off the web. So take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me now at a special discount just for our listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeletemecom slash Sharon and use promo code Sharon at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeletemecom slash Sharon and use code Sharon at checkout. That's joindeletemecom slash Sharon, promo code Sharon. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress in our life. Absolutely. It's unavoidable. It's just part of the human experience. But some of us have more than others and some of us handle it better than others. Some of us really keep it bottled up and it can start to affect us negatively. I would imagine at some point in your life, you can relate to this, right? And therapy is a safe space to be able to get some of these things off your chest. And that is why so many people find benefit in speaking to a qualified professional. If you're thinking about starting therapy for something like managing your stress, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Sharon today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Sharon. She also later wrote a book that talked about how she was Irish. Like, there's no question. She was not Italian. Nobody thought she was. So she strikes up this romance with this man named Dante DiPaolo. And he was a dancer. He was in a bunch of movie musicals. And in his mind, things were going swimmingly. Until one day, she eloped with another man. What? <laughs> she Didn't literally see that coming. No, she eloped with this man named Jose Ferrar, who was a Puerto Rican movie star. And he was in a ton of movies. He won an Oscar for being in Lawrence of Arabia. Like he was considerably older than Rosemary Clooney was, like 16 years older than her. And everybody was like, You just jilted Dante. Like you completely pulled the rug out from underneath him. Totally poor guy. She ended up marrying Jose. And in 1954, White Christmas came out. And if her star had not been high enough in the sky after her come on a my house song, White Christmas 
it was a huge box office success. Bing Crosby was a massive star and he was in the movie with her. Danny Kay was a massive star. When you watch the movie, you'll see the movie is set. They are two sisters in the movie who have a singing act. And one of them can dance really well. And one of them can sing really well. And Rosemary Clooney is the one who can sing really well. And they get booked to sing at a, an inn in Vermont over the Christmas holidays. And one thing leads to another, things go wrong. They have to take a train, try to escape. They didn't want to pay the rent. They get to Vermont, things continue to go wrong. I won't ruin the whole movie for you, but there is a lot of romance and the tap dancing numbers in this movie are out of control. Bob Fosse, who was up and coming choreographer is uncredited, but he did a lot of the choreography for this movie, the sets and the production and the costumes. It was clearly a big budget movie. And it was one of the first movies that the movie studio had ever produced that was in widescreen. Oh. Before then, you know, like it was a much more narrow view, but this was a widescreen movie. And even today, you can choose to watch White Christmas on widescreen, or you can choose to watch it on standard screen. And widescreen shows, obviously, the full breadth of everything that they shot, including all of the extra dancers and the sets and everything that made it into this movie. So you and, must watch it on widescreen. I mean, I feel like you get to see what was intended. You know what I mean? Yes. A number of other famous songs that were in that movie. Again, when you watch it, you'll see them and you'll recognize some of them. But the song White Christmas, of course, is central to this movie because they go to Vermont where there is no snow and there is no White Christmas. And how will they get their Hallmark ending where there's no White Christmas you happening must in Vermont? Have a white Christmas. <laughs> yes. In 1955, her movie studio dropped her from her contract because. <gasps> she was pregnant. We're no. Like, yeah. They were like, we're done. No, we're not interested in a pregnant Rosemary Clooney. Sorry. <laughs> so she and Jose had five children between the years of 1955 and 1960, five children in five That's years. Every year, every year they had a child and they <sighs> moved to Beverly Hills and Jose and Rosemary really fell in with this Hollywood star. She was that famous. Yeah. Sometimes they would book her to play a few shows in Las Vegas and she would make $20,000 just playing a couple shows in Las Vegas here and there. So they really became cemented in the Hollywood crowd. They knew a lot of famous movie stars. He's a movie star. She's a musician. They were really just They're like everywhere. in the mm -hmm. Hollywood A-list Rosemary and Jose were. And Eventually, in the mm. early 1960s, Rosemary overheard a phone call that Jose had with somebody in which he told the person on the other end of the phone all about the affair he was having. <gasps> and so no. Jose and Rosemary got a divorce oh. only to reconcile later that year and get remarried. Yeah. So they got remarried. Ultimately, they ended up getting divorced a second time. They both had affairs again. She had an affair Let's with somebody see. else and he had an affair with somebody else. And they were finally like, you know what? Let's be done with this. <laughs> but, so they get a divorce in 1967 for the second time. And I'm going to come back and tell you a few important details of her life. But 
in the early 1970s, she was driving her car and looked over and who would be stopped at the stoplight next to her, but the man that she jilted, Dante DiPaolo. And it was him and he waved at her and she waved at him and she got out of her car, wrote her name in the dust on the dashboard, like wrote her phone number in the dust on his dashboard and they got back together. Of course. And they they were together for 24 years. And then all of her grandchildren, because of course, Rosemary Clooney had five kids. All of her grandchildren were like, when did you and grandpa get married? When did you and Dante get married? And she would be like, oh, well, you know, we're not. And they'd be like, well, why do you guys sleep in the same room? Because we're roommates. We're roommates. (laughs) So eventually she decided that just for her grandchildren's sake, that they should just go ahead and get married. Yeah. (laughs) And they got married in the late 1990s after having been together for 24 years. They were actually both raised Catholic and they had the clout to get an audience with the Pope in the late 1990s. And he was like, yeah, you guys actually should just get married. Yeah, so they did. They got if married. The Pope tells you to get married. I'm pretty sure you go ahead. And <laughs> you get go married. ahead and just like, like get married. So they got married back in her hometown in Kentucky in the late 1990s, mostly because she didn't want to have to continue to explain to her grandkids <laughs> why she wasn't married. So in the early 2000s, by the way, Rosemary had been a heavy smoker her entire life. And in Mm. early 2002, she was diagnosed with lung cancer and had lung cancer surgery at the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota and was in the hospital after the surgery for months, like January to May, she was in the hospital. And they eventually were like, you know what? You should just go home and spend like Mother's Day with your family. And I don't know what she knew. I don't know if they were sending her home. Like there's nothing else we can do. I don't know. But she did end up passing away in June of 2002. She had been, by the way, before she died, awarded a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award that she wasn't able. That's a huge deal. She had, by the way, I totally skipped over how from the time of the early 1970s up until 2002, she became an extremely prolific and well-respected jazz singer and recorded literally dozens of jazz records. And she would perform at little jazz clubs and she just absolutely loved singing. And so she received this Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award that she wasn't even able to accept in person because she was still recovering from her lung cancer surgery. Recovering. She died in June of 2002. And who should be a pallbearer at her funeral, but her nephew, George Clooney. Of course, George, (laughs) you stinker. George Clooney was her brother's son. And the brother that the mom took. Yep. George Clooney was her brother's son and they were actually very close. There are a lot of pictures of George and Rosemary together and George got Rosemary a job on ER. Did you ever watch ER, the TV show ER? Do you know, we watched that every week as a family in my parents' bed, as I was growing up, like all five of us in the bed watching ER. Oh, Probably yeah. not appropriate. 
that's what we did. <laughs> so Rosemary Clooney was actually nominated for an Emmy for her portrayal of an older woman with Alzheimer's in ER. She was in two episodes and almost the entire interaction is Rosemary playing a woman with Alzheimer's disease and dealing with her nephew, George. And she did such an amazing job. She was nominated for that guest role on ER. So I have two other tidbits that I want to share with you that I feel like you will be like, "Mm, I did not know that. So a while later, George Clooney was narrating a project related to Abraham Lincoln, and they discovered through genealogical research that George Clooney was related to Abraham Lincoln. Of course he was. (laughs) Through his mother's side, Abraham Lincoln was like, George Clooney's mother was the great, 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 great granddaughter of Abraham Lincoln's mother somehow. Incredible. And you know who else is related to Abraham Lincoln? Again, via very distant relatives, but they found the genealogical connection is Tom Hanks. Oh, you know, I'm about to rip my computer down. You know how I feel about Tom Hanks. You stop it right now with that. I love Tom Hanks more than anyone in the entire world. You know, I love Tom Hanks. Oh my God. Well, I have one other person to throw into the story for you. Another person that never gets better than Tom Hanks. So you should have said that one first. Rosemary Clooney was also very good friends with the Kennedys. Stop. Mm-hmm. Sharon, was- you're hitting all of my heart <laughs> strings, just ripping them out of me. Yep. George Clooney, Tom Hanks, the Kennedys, JFK, oh my RFK. God. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all. 
jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. So she was friends with the Kennedys. She really felt like she connected with them because they were another Irish Catholic family. In fact, she wrote about in one of her books how two different Irish Catholic families that could have ended up in the same place, but instead one became this political dynasty and the other one, both parents ended up abandoning their children. You know, like they started at a very similar place, like relatives came to the United States at a similar time. And one, you know, really their star rose and Mm -hmm. Rosemary Clooney, clearly her star took off just for a different reason. She was devastated when JFK died. So then by the late 1960s, she had become even better friends with JFK's brother, Robert Kennedy. Yeah. And in the late 1960s, The Vietnam War was really heating up. Lyndon Johnson had decided, Lyndon Johnson, of course, took over for JFK when JFK was shot. He had decided, I'm not going to run for an additional term. I'm out. And the presumed nominee for the Democratic Party was going to be Robert Kennedy. And one of the reasons Lyndon Johnson did not want to run again is because of Robert Kennedy. Lyndon Johnson had been JFK's vice president. He felt like, first of all, I'm not going to beat Robert Kennedy. Second of all, it's disrespectful to the memory of his brother to run against him. So of course, Rosemary Clooney lent all of her star power to RFK's political campaign. Mm-hmm. And he was getting ready to have, you know, a bunch of primary elections. And these primary elections were going to really determine whether or not he, you know, had the trajectory needed to become the Democratic nominee for president that year. She had brought her children with her to an event that Robert Kennedy was speaking at and was several feet away from him when Robert Kennedy was assassinated. She was at the hotel. With her children the night he was assassinated. Oh my God. And that just felt like too much. That was a breaking point for Rosemary Clooney. She felt like, what has this world come to? You know, like I lived through all of that adversity and then to live through a literal assassination of her very good friend. She Mm. just felt like, I can't do it. Can't do it. I can't do it. And so that tragedy compounded with her drug addiction to tranquilizers and sleeping pills triggered this big mental health crisis after Robert Kennedy's assassination. She had an appearance at a casino and she ended up like cursing at her audience. And then she was later found, like she called a press conference where she was like, I'm retiring. And she seemed very discombobulated at this point. <laughs> it was later found driving up the wrong side of a dangerous mountain road at night. 
And she said in her autobiography that she was playing chicken with God. Like, fine, you want to take me out? Come on, I'm driving up the mountain road in the dark, wrong side of the road, like no headlights. Yes, after she was found doing that, she voluntarily checked herself into a psychiatric facility and eventually was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, got her life back under control with therapy, medication, all that kind of stuff. And it was after she got her life back under control that she saw Dante in the car was after the demise. Then Dante came back. Okay. I was kind of wondering like, what is the timeline? So Dante had like sober, I got my life together, Rosemary. He didn't have to like go through the tumultuous time. That's right. Because she divorced Jose in 1967. Bobby Kennedy was shot in 1968. And then she didn't meet Dante again until 1973. Oh, I love that. And I love Mm. that they were together. Were they together until she died? Yes. Mm -hmm. She and Dante were, but she did describe him as being the absolute best grandfather to her children, her grandchildren, and that he was like the best help to her. And, you know, like they were meant to be together. He died in 2013. He was in, as I mentioned, he was a dancer in a bunch of Hollywood movies. One of Rosemary Clooney's sons went on to be a famous actor. He was on NCIS. He was on Star Trek. He was on NCIS for like eight years. You wouldn't recognize his face. His name is Miguel Ferrar. So he wasn't one of those like star actors where like George Clooney was like, oh my gosh, I got to watch it. Just watch George Clooney. But he was in so many things. If you look at his list of you know, credits, yeah. you'd be like, oh, I've definitely seen that movie. Oh, I've seen that. You would recognize yeah. his face. He also voiced a lot of villains in the Marvel franchise. Their son did in like the animated, like Spider-Man, things like that. Sure. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. Like also find your love after like a tough life and like do yes. good, go through some rough times, get it together, all these things. And then like Find this like love of your life. He was 87 when he died. And I don't see that he had any biological children of his own. So her children were kind of his children. Yeah. Yes. I love too, though, that she went through extraordinary difficulties with mental health and with addiction and yet made choices that allowed her to live a fulfilling life. When the 1960s hit, Rock and roll became a big thing. Like the Beatles were popular. Rosemary Clooney style music faded in popularity. And so Mm -hmm. she was never going to be a rock and roll singer. And yet she loved singing so much. She found a way to do it and became extremely respected in the jazz industry. We're all one decision away from a completely different life. Isn't that the truth? In her later years, she loved to cook. One of her hobbies was perfecting a recipe. Like she would make it over and over and over and over again, trying to tweak little things to get it as perfect as possible. And that one of her sons said that she was constantly inviting all of the children 
from the neighborhood, children from his school over to their house, particularly if the children did not have present parents, that she was always like, come over and eat food, come over and spend the night at our house. You can be have here. Family dinner. Sit That's at our right. table. Yep. She made space <laughs> for other people's children who had been through something like what she had gone through. Oh, I know. You are a winner. I love that story. <laughs> you, that is heartwarming. And also you brought together all my favorite people <laughs> for me. Oh, I know. I just love it. That's a great story. Now her. you absolutely must watch White Christmas. We're going to watch it together. I'm not watching okay. it without you. It is readily available on the interwebs. So because you like Hallmark movies, you absolutely will love White Christmas. I love this story so much. Yes. Do you have a favorite memory of us that you would like to share? <laughs> <laughs> Our trip to Las Vegas was epic. It was. It was a lot of eating in restaurants. There was no wild partying. There were no nightclubs. No, zero wild. I think we went to bed at 8.30. <laughs> we were tired. But the biggest decisions were, where do you want to eat dinner? This sushi restaurant what? or that yes, sushi restaurant? That's right. That was the best mm-hmm. time. And then also that you took a video of me napping. <laughs> well, okay. Just for some context, my husband, Chris, takes naps and he falls asleep places. He falls asleep in the middle of watching TV, falls asleep in his chair, whatever. And then he'll be snoring and you'll be like, Chris, you're snoring. And he'll be like, what? No, I'm not. I'm not snoring. I'm not even asleep. And then I'll be like, so then why are you snoring awake? Don't snore awake. Stop it. And so Many times I have taken a video of Chris to prove to him that he was in fact sleeping and that I am not crazy. Your eyes are closed. Your mouth is open. You're snoring. You were asleep. And so many times I have taken like a little two second video of Chris and been like, stop snoring. It's the middle of the afternoon, whatever. (laughs) So Yes. We were in our hotel room and you were like, I'm going to take a nap. And I'm like, okay, cool. I was doing some work on my computer and you fell asleep. And I was like, she's asleep. (laughs) And then I made a little video of you sleeping for like three seconds. And then when you woke up, I'm like, you were asleep. And you're like, "Uh uh-huh. I can prove it. You're like, why do you need to prove it? I was asleep. I I said, I'm going to take a nap. I took a nap. And now I'm awake and I said, I took a nap. What's the issue here? <laughs> like, why did you need to film me while I was asleep? But I have been so conditioned by Chris that you deny that you're sleeping at every opportunity. It didn't even enter my mind that you would just admit to being asleep. <laughs> and also that video has reemerged for years. Oh yes. Got to bring that up all the time. That video gets sent out often. Oh, well, kind of like you sleeping. Boom. Here's a text message of Lauren sleeping. What? (laughs) I sent it to your mom. I sent it to your sisters. Lauren fell asleep in a hotel room in Las Vegas and they're all like, and (laughs) sounds good. What is the problem? (laughs) I just wanted to document that that it happened that that one time. I would say the food on that trip was some of the best food I've ever mm, had. Absolutely. Very and memorable. Let's get yep. a loaf of bread. I mean, that's what we did. <laughs> Got a loaf of bread. A loaf of bread. Well, <laughs> one of my favorite memories is when you gave birth to your third child and I, I did, and was you were there. there. You were there the whole time. The I whole time. Many, many photos mm-hmm. that I have cried so many tears over pictures put together to music 
my third child being born and it is like the most special like you never get that time back and being in that place of like giving birth at the time you don't remember those things Mm -hmm. at all but we have a lot of good memories because we do we have a good time that's right we have generated a lot of content together. <laughs> created a I lot of time. Agree. Yes. Yeah, Is I'm your family on a scale of one to 10, how much are your sisters and your family sick of me? <laughs> no, never. But I will say that my boyfriend is like, are you on the phone with Sharon again? <laughs> Like my sisters Great. and my mom are like, we love Sharon. Like we love her. We love texting her. We love her. Love, love, love my boyfriend. And he loves you too. But he's just like, when you're on the phone with her, it is first of all, two hours every day. <laughs> Second of all, you're so loud and yes. you're so ridiculous. And like, what are you guys talking yeah, about? That's totally Chris too. Chris can always tell that we're talking based on my tone of voice. And he walks into the room. He's like, hi, Lauren. <laughs> he knows and it's he, also like 6, 15 AM. I know normally. very early in the morning. Like, yes, very who are you early. talking to in this animated tone of voice at 6 30 in the morning? Yeah. <laughs> well, I will let you go for today. We will have to do this again. We will do this again. I think I'm super appreciative of you having me and Mm -hmm. making me get 100% ready today. You look much better than me. False. You always look good. (laughs) I showed up to your house last week and you were like 100% glam. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) That's how I look every day almost though. That's normal. I'm wearing a ball cap. What? (laughs) You normally look good too. Well, thanks. Okay. Talk to you later. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to the Sharon Says So podcast. I am truly grateful for you. And I'm wondering if you could do me a quick favor. Would you be willing to follow or subscribe to this podcast or maybe leave me a rating or a review? Or if you're feeling extra generous, would you share this episode on your Instagram stories or with a friend? All of those things help podcasters out so much. I cannot wait to have another mind blown moment with you next episode. Thanks again for listening to the Sharon Says So podcast.